0: Yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back to another fire, fire episode. I, I'm looking at uh this damn cat face to face. Uh, if somebody thinks he can just jump in my face? What's going on, y'all? Welcome to that, that episode. I got interrupted by young borsellino in here. It's been a fantastic uh morning i didn't get my push-ups in yet i got my breakfast in i got a little coffee um i don't know if i updated y'all on my 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 coffee adventures right i'm becoming a real coffee aficionado that's a fancy word for y'all it's a fancy word for y'all um been trying a lot of coffees uh i'm not a real fan of hot liquids right i'm not a tea guy not a coffee guy. Usually a hot coffee and hot tea. Uh, I'm not a soup guy. You know, people say, oh, shit, you're going to eat soup? It's gumbo, gumbo soup, I guess. Um, I guess gumbo will kind of soup. Is gumbo soup? Does gumbo s- fall in the soup category? Because if gumbo falls into the soup category, I would say would gun- gun- uh gumbo should be on a lot more uh, menus, but Um, Then that would just be spicy soup uh, because it it, it can officially, you know, this is um, in any science book or any, um, you know, uh, biblical scriptures that you want to read. If you are not at least uh, a dire, you need to be a direct descendant um, for you to make official gumbo, anything else. Uh, It's officially just called spicy soup. It's in the spicy soup category. So uh, if you just want to boil some water and throw some cayenne in it, that would be the same as you making, quote, unquote, uh, gumbo. Uh, You need to be a direct descendant of a Louisianian, at least, at the very least, your grandma or grandpa. Grandma, not grandpa. um, Your grandma got to be from the state. I'm giving a lot of leeway with just saying state and not being very specific, but I, I give y'all some, some action Let's just say state. So what I want to talk about and I'm thinking, Oh man, a gumbo and a grilled cheese just popped in my head. Now, I don't know if y'all had gumbo and a grilled cheese before players, but gumbo and a grilled cheese really uh, hits extremely hard. Not seafood gumbo, sausage gumbo, just smoked sausage, hot sausage, little, do little, whatever you do. Not seafood gumbo, crab and shrimp. Don't go with the, um, don't go with the, the grilled cheese. But moving on, I want to talk to. I want to talk about some NBA. I want to talk a little wine today. Actually, um, I might talk a lot of wine. I might. I might, might talk a lot more wine than I talk basketball. Uh, we in the we in the NBA playoffs. Uh, the Miami Heat just got just put through a flaming table um, yesterday, and um, things are not looking good. They're down two zero. Um, so Miami season, you know, unfortunately for me, uh, I've been, ai uh, spent the majority of the season being a degenerate gambler, right? So I watched a lot of Miami games pretty much from start to finish. Um, they started off injury written, pretty much everybody got a chance to got their chance to be fucking hurt. Um. Some people for extended amount of times, Tyler Hero. Um some people were inconsistent scoring wise in the party. Yeah, Duncan Robinson. Um Kendrick Nunn. I mean, I what do you expect from Kendrick Nunn? I think Kendrick Young uh, Kendrick Young. I think Kendrick Nunn is a, a very good player. Um, especially for a dude that's undrafted. I mean, Jesus Christ. Imagine um you know, you go through college, you go through all this stuff, and it's your biggest night. It's supposed to be your biggest night in your life, uh, biggest two nights, uh, in your, in your life, and you go undrafted, right? Maybe you knew about it, maybe he didn't. Uh, I'm not sure if he was dead was not. I'm not sure if he was dead was not or not. Uh, I wasn't in the fucking stands, but um, for a cat to be playing like he's playing, um, uh, to be totally undrafted and to fall into the heat, I think is fantastic. You know. Uh, a lot of times what people don't get man and it's plainly obvious uh, and I've spoken on this before as far as the draft right you have the highest caliber player in NCAA sometimes you you may get a Zion you know you may get somebody that's very generational may get somebody that's you think they're generational um Anthony Edwards has played extremely well Miller Ball has played extremely well um so on and so forth, right? Boogie Cousins back in the day, 10-12 years ago, in drafted by the Sacramento Kings, Aaron Fox, Sacramento Kings, right? There's something to say about teams that actually know how to develop players. Spotify's been there for a really long time. So this has been a r- very good coach for quite a while. It's been like 10 years now. Um, with Spotify as the Miami Heat coach. I'm not sure show y'all. I realized that, and he took over, of course, in the LeBron era. Um, now I think Sposher is uh, along with the, I would say, the unwillingness to budge as often as maybe LeBron wanted it to be, Pat Riley. Uh, so Miami has a lot of structure, you know. If, um, if Pat Riley did what most organizations would have done, including the Los Angeles Lakers, if things get rocky, uh, Vogel is out of there. Um, Vogel is, is smoking out of there. If things get rocky, if things don't go the way it goes, Vogel is smoking out of there. Just like um, the cat from um, Israel, uh, who was the most winning in coaching, like Israeli basketball history, European basketball history, all basketball out there. He was the most winning in coach ever. He got one season. And went to the NBA finals in that one season and uh, and got exiled uh, just because uh, LeBron said, hey, nobody fuck with this dude. So, you know, you know, I don't know what the, the issue is. Uh, you know, you know, at some point, maybe you bring a cat like that back. Um, he only had one season in the NBA and it, he went all the way to the NBA finals. I'm not sure if you've if I've ever seen a coach or a player over accomplish and get spied, smoked. The very next season, um, you, you can't even make up it being personnel issues. You can't even make anything up, but it, it wasn't that long enough to to do shit. Um, you know, but of course, everybody just assumes it's LeBron uh, that does all the work. Probably be correct in that assumption uh, that it's LeBron that does all the work. Uh, I was once fooled, foiled, and bamboozled uh, by David Griffin, thinking that uh, he was the one that put the put these trades together and put this stuff together in Cleveland. He's not the one. Uh, you can tell by the moves that he's making uh, that it, it's just not the way, right? So you have teams that just know how to develop players. Uh, Miami, they just know how to develop players. They can get the most out of these players. Um, you stand staying in fucking Miami. And your job is to play basketball real hard, like for two hours, two and a half hours in spurts throughout the day. If you play really, really hard. You can make like. 30 million dollars a year, so uh, you got a fucking lot of leeway to to work hard, uh, uh, you know. I work hard, too, but it is 30 million, $38 million a year. It's barely $38 a day. Um, but going off that, you have terrible teams. You have teams that are just going to be terrible. Sacramento Kings will always be terrible. Minnesota will always be terrible. Um, you can look at Minnesota right now. They have Russell. They have uh, Towns. They have Edwards. Uh, Edwards is Them getting Edwards is them just being a garbage team. How many times they've had a top seven pick within the last 20 years? Uh, quite a lot of fucking times kg's been gone for a long time dude kg's been gone since like oh five oh four um there was trash during his days during most of his days on and it's a pretty new franchise i think they came out in like the 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 midnight not mid 90s the early 90s miami heat is also a very new franchise we look at some of these franchises and uh, we just assume that they're all fucking 50 years old. We assume everybody's the Lakers and they're Boston and the 76ers and all these teams that's been around forever. But, you know, Miami Heat, Minnesota, Timberwolves, I think they came around maybe in like 1991, uh, 92. They're fairly uh, recent franchises, right? This is like 30 years uh, for the Miami Heat. I certainly don't – maybe it's late 80s, but you, you've certainly never seen any – you've never seen Magic Johnson uh, getting a layup on a Miami Heat. Like Minnesota Timbers, you just never seen those highlights. So, you know, I came to that conclusion before I actually knew uh, that they were, you know, fairly recent expansion teams, you know, 30 years. Um, But like the Carolina Panthers and Jacksonville Jaguars, they've been around for a long time. It's been a while now. I remember when that team first came out in 1994. Uh, We went to the grocery store and I bought, um, I actually got in trouble twice. Uh, We went to the grocery store. I didn't get in trouble. My older cousin did. Cause I bucked his head up to do it. And he's the old cousin. So, of course, he gets in trouble. Well, first, I stole some butter sauce candy. I didn't know I was stealing it. It was, you know, I don't know. They still do it. But, you know, you go in the grocery store. And it's these big rolls of candy. Why is there rolls of candy if it ain't free? Who puts out rolls of candy? Who lays out, first of all, adults, right? What adults? You're you an adult, right? I, I'm I'm sure most people are listening to this. Let's just say you're over 20, right? And I'm sure I'm not the only one that saw rolls and hours of candy and was like, okay, this shit got to be free. Like, why is it out here? And you were in heaven seeing all that candy. And you couldn't get all that candy, right? Mama never bought me that. I am shooting 0% from getting a big bag of candy from the, from the store, right? So I didn't know I was still there. I was just eating. I ain't really getting in trouble. I ate like two of them. I like butterscotch candies. Uh, I'm real old school. I like butterscotch candies and I eat Werther's original. I'm like, I'm basically 67 years old. Um, At this point. So, as an adult, how many times have y'all even gone to the candy aisle to even rack up on candy? I don't even think about doing it. Like, it's so much stuff that I wanted to do when I was a kid. And I'm like, you know what? When I get older, I'm doing this shit all day. Like, when I got older, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a refrigerator full of cold drinks. The whole, the first and second row is going to be Sprite, Coke, Dr. Pepper. Because I'm going to drink cold drinks all day. My momma's made me drink fucking water. I'm drinking water out of hose pipe. I'm drinking water out of the side of a house. we drinking water out the out of faucet. We're drinking water out of fucking bottles. I'm tired of drinking water. That's how I was as a kid, right? That's how all of us was. More a little sugar. Um, that ne- has never happened. I'm a grown-ass man. And, and the history of, you know what? The first time I've ever bought more than one 12-pack at the same time, for a non-party, was like three weeks ago. I just seen some on sale, and I was like, you know what, let me grab some of these things. And it was fucking Dr. Pepper zero sugar anyway. So, you know, I still pussied out in, in a way. Um, but yeah, uh, long road back, uh, you just have these NBA teams, man. They, these NBA teams that that know how to develop players. Um, We've seen it time and time again. Well, We kind of see it with Golden State. Not kind of see it. We definitely see it with Golden State. Uh, If you think about all the random cats, you think about these rosters, right? You think about the Bulls' roster. Think about the Lakers' roster. You know, even off the bench, we remember Robert Robert Horry. You know, uh, late Lakers, uh, early 2000s, we remember Pau Gasol wasn't off the bench. We remember Pau Gasol, right? The Lakers got, like, Steph Clay, Draymond, and it was... Sean Livingston, Andre Goddowell, uh I'm about to call him Edson Barbosa, like this is a fucking UFC. Uh, Barbosa, I don't remember his first name. I just remember his, his last name was Barbosa. Um, Andrew Bogey, you just got to kind of, you know, at, at that point, there was some ragtag guys, you know. This is not Andre Goddowell, prime all-star guy. He was a little bit later in his career, and that was six years ago. Um, that's probably why you're not getting a lot of play time. In Miami – what is Andre Iguodala doing in Miami? By the way, um, I feel like the the how do we how do I phrase it? The drama and the dramatics of him sitting out half a season, so he wouldn't play for Memphis Grizzlies, just to go to Miami and just not. Really be around for anything like I don't really know or you know what he does or, or anything like that, but that's fine. Um, so the, the you know the playoffs up to this point has been regular, right? So like the first couple games, you know I'm not really into the Denver and Portland because I just don't. Believe in those teams in general. Like it's hard for me to get you know excited about teams when well, you've been watching the playoffs and you've been seeing the same team get eliminated for like seven eight years, um, and they still don't get better. You know the the Portland, um, the Dame Harden series where Marcus Argers did well and all this shit that dude, that shit was like 2012 where Dame hit the game winning shot. I said that shit was a long time ago. Uh, so seeing Portland in the you know in the playoffs. All the time, every year, getting swept, getting thumped, getting throttled, getting disfigured. I mean, it, it, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of whatever. And, um, you know, Denver's a, I want—I would say they're a fairly new successful team. Last year, they kind of took off with, with beating the Clippers. But, you know, typically they're a, you know, mediocre-ish first and second round um, exit team. Uh, Jokic is just clearly going up a, a, another level, Uh playing all 82 games and just playing at an elite level all 82 games, right? So, you know, Jokic's having a fantastic season in comparison to I- Embiid. You know, if Embiid played 78 games, I have checked to see what Embiid played. I think Embiid could have played high 60s maybe. Um I think I would have given it to Embiid just because of their record. Uh, But Jokic assists, rebounds, points. Extremely consistent. Every single time, I don't know why I say 78. They haven't played 72 games. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking 82. Um, But Jokic still played every game. Every time there was a game where, and this is a, This is a superstar call, right? This is a Giannis thing. This is a LeBron thing. You know, this is a Steph thing. This is a KD. This is a Harden thing. Every tough game throughout the regular season, I saw Denver play. Like I said, degenerate gambling. I could bet the over on Jokic's points. Like, you could bet the over on his points no matter what it is, right? Most of the time, it was like 25 points. It would kind of float. It, the lowest it, it, it's gotten at maybe like 22. Um, but that's because, you know, his assists and rebounds are a little higher. But I've seen it as high as 28 right now It's the playoffs. So it should be a little higher. It's probably 30. Um, Like I said, this is a, it's a playoff game. But every time I saw a big game, Jokic would step up. It would be 30 points. 10 rebounds, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, 30 points, 11 assists, 11 rebounds. You know, he, he's just been extremely consistent. And um, big games, he, he he definitely showed up. And him not having Jamal Murray for uh, uh, a major course of the season also gives him that um, – gives them a little bit more of an edge as far as MVP, this most valuable player at the end of the day. Uh the the narrative thing was for Steph hey, you know, I think Steph's greatest point guard of all time. Uh him being a top three MVP candidate is a fucking joke. Uh it's pretty stupid. Uh I'm not sure why. I'm not sure you know it kind of feels like the the sports media ESPN etc fox sports they want to be as and they probably are because they have they vote for uh M- they vote for all NBA they vote for MVP um they vote for all these accolades and i think it's going to get to the point on a surface level where it's very visible just like baseball when all these baseball guys are purposely making the wrong decision out of spite Right? This is a human thing. Uh this happens and all good things are gonna deteriorate. Uh unless they're fixed, unless they're polished, unless it's unless it's unless it's fixed up. You know what I'm saying? Uh I saw all NBA last year and I saw a lot of people last two years not put in Kyrie. You know, it wasn't last year, it was the year before that. Whenever Kyrie last year and with the Celtics, right? Not put in Kyrie. A lot of the Boston media didn't put in Kyrie because he quote unquote ruined the team, right? Average of 28, uh, being a a top 7 to 10 basketball player. But because he ruined the team, quote unquote, to them, even though Boston is cursed and Boston ruins themselves uh, by not being aggressive in trades, by seeing Vucevic out there and getting Evan Fournier and you may say it's a contract or whatever bullshit. Even if you get vooch for one year or two years, you get fucking vooch. Right? You want to trade a second round of Evan 4 Trade the fucking first round. What else? You know, we the Celtics are in trade talks every single year. And they do nothing every single year. Yes, they've signed IT. Yes, they made the trade with Kyrie for Kyrie, but that you know that was. Different circumstances, yeah. They bought a Kimber that was a, a, a sign thing. When is Boston actually made an aggressive trade? A good trade? I mean, there were a couple. What were, were they the ones that traded? I mean, they did they trade it? Uh, that pick for Fultz? Were they about to get folks and Philly went up and got him, or did they trade the pick? I can't remember. Um. But they've they've lucked up with Tatum. They've lucked up with Jalen Brown. There is nothing else. There hasn't been anything else for, you know, for quite a while. So as far as developing players, obviously, you know, when you get somebody like Tatum, you get somebody like Brown. These cats are gonna succeed anyway. Tatum will succeed on, on a fucking terror. Tatum will succeed on the fucking Cincinnati Bengals. It don't matter uh when you when you got cats like that. Um, but you know teams like Boston they're just not aggressive and uh, you, you stay middle out and uh, they're going they're going to get thumped cuz they have no Jalen Brown mainly but they're going to get thumped because they just get dumped. that's what they do you know a couple of years ago i remember seeing so many articles on uh, Brad Stevens and so many sports reporters and sports writers saying oh would you choose Brad Stevens over an all star oh would you have Brad Stevens over Giannis or is Brad Stevens work more than LeBron and some you know some some journalists like well oh, you know LeBron is getting old uh, you know I, I want to just headbutt the TV Um when I hear and read s- s- stupid shit like that you know Brad Stevens could be the best coach of all times but the fact is Boston it's just middled out they're just regular guys they're Portland they're the Portland Trailblazers they're just guys that make it to the playoffs Pose a threat for a game and a half, or maybe even two and a half games. Um, and then it's a power bomb through a flaming table. Then this big Bubba Dudley, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, and Mae Young is just going off the, the fucking ramp. Uh, pretty much every season. So, you know, as, as much as we think about Boston, unless we talk about Boston, it's really all talking points and narrative-driven things. And, um... As I was getting to, I, I kind of feel like the, the the NBA media, the sports media, football is kind of, football hasn't gotten to that point. Um, it's just different. Football has a, uh, is a little bit more, I want to say discipline. The sports writer's not as fucking bold as basketball. Basketball's a lot more free, it's a lot more open. You get people making bad takes and saying dumb shit, really, pretty much all the time is how we talk about basketball. Um, we do the same thing in football, but it, it it just feels a different way. Um but I really feel like the <clears throat> you know the media has uh, it's gotten way just way too much control. It's, to me it's pretty it's pretty crazy how they just get to dictate everything. And um you get Steph Curry being not even in the playoffs in his top three fighters. This this is that a part of a contract, you know. I was listening to uh Zach Lowe's podcast, uh fairly recent, I think it was in, in the last week or so. And he was saying, you know, well, i have you know, random player, Kawhi. He's I have him number six in my MVP race. I have him number four in my MVP race. Does that stuff even matter? You know, if if he number four, and I remember, you know, Blake Griffin, he was, you know, a top three MVP finalist. Does that stuff really matter? Is that in the contract? You know, uh, does team do teams look at that? Do we think about that? Or is that something that you know it's just kind of a a a media push thing to kind of you know to just give guys another accolade you know obviously being in a, a you know a top 3 finalist for mvp of the season is a is a thing but is it that much of a thing like yeah he's number 6 in mvp i, I don't really care you know maybe you know uh Basketball savants and gurus and things like that care about a Joel, not Joel Embiid, um, Blake Griffin or uh, Joaquin Noah being a uh, top four finalists and MVP in fucking 2012. Yeah, I don't, stuff like that doesn't, you know, matter to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little different. I just dropped everything. Um, uh, Lakers in Phoenix. <sighs> I don't know how to feel. Uh, I would recommend that you know if you're Brooklyn, not a Brooklyn fan, if you're better, you should probably just bet the Lakers in Brooklyn every single game. Um, because beating, you know, if I told you it was just James, Hard- James Harden and KD right now on a team with a bunch of cats, they'd be a shoe in for the finals, right? They'd be easily top two or three for the finals. But then you add in Kyrie Irving. And that just... It do just tip things over. It flipped the whole fucking boat, right? You know, it, you can't get the, walkers, the buckets in, and pull the water out for this one. It just don't work like that. So, you got three rounds. One, two, three. Uh, yeah, you got three rounds in a regular playoff. Then you got the finals, right? So... Let's just say you got 12 to 14, not 12. That's going to be more than 12 games. Let's say you got 18 games, 20 games played between the Nets and the Lakers to get to the finals, right? That's that's 40 different opportunities to make money. The Lakers last game was plus 115 i mean if you bet 20 you get another 20 for the lakers like how crazy is that they lost but look at the chance of that look it's it's the lakers plus 115 you know they lost the first game i'm sure when they come back it might even be plus 150 do you think the lakers are gonna lose to phoenix twice Two times in a row, you think the Lakers are going to go down 0-2? And even if they go down 0-2, do you think they're going to go down All right. So this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. To me, that's kind of like common sense betting. It's the Lakers. I'm not going to say the Suns can't beat the Lakers, but I'm going to say that there's no fucking chance that the Suns beat the Lakers. I I, I just don't see it. Um, Chris Paul just, you know, I want to call it bad luck, but he's a dirty player. So I'm not sure if this is bad luck or this is just what it is. He was going for, he hurt his shoulder. He was trying to do something stupid. um, And he hurt his shoulder, right? So, you know, it's bad luck for him to just keep getting hurt in these bad spots. And I think this Phoenix spot, besides the obvious, you know, being up on the fucking Warriors, about to beat the Warriors. It's a big spot as well. But this is probably the second biggest spot. Most important spot he's been, he's been in, um, in my opinion, his entire career. It's more important than the Clippers is. Um, because this is all a new team, it's all young guys. He gets to be the general, he gets to be the captain, and there's not other figures on the team, like him and Blake Griffin. Um, I don't think they got along too well. Um, And I think there was just a lot of friction between those Clippers teams, as said by people on the actual Clippers team. Um, This is just like the perfect spot for him to go in there and win a championship and really solidify himself. Uh, Because I think him winning a championship would put him. He's not my top five, but it would put him in most people's top five. Um, I have him like top 27, but uh, you know, some people's top five who you know doesn't know anything about basketball, just knows anything about uh, nut punching. Uh, that would certainly put him up here, will certainly put a match. He's already a, a Hall of Fame player, That that's nothing at all. But the, the championship brings him over the top because just how many times he's been close. Um, you know, it, I guess he gets he's been getting a little bit of a pass from the media because he's. He's short. He's six foot. What you want a six foot guard to do? That's not AI. You know, he's not scoring thirty at night. He's a distributor, so he's got a little bit of a pass on that. Um, and more than likely going to get another pass this year, uh, just because of nobody expected this type of season at all from the Phoenix Suns. A uh, Phoenix Suns for the last ten or twelve years has been uh, the absolute roaring, exploding shits. Um. Ten years consistently, you know. If you look at the the draft selections, probably last twelve years, you know. They're top ten in drafts every single year. Uh, they're god awful, um, that they have a terrible, awful owner uh, who who threatened, who got money to build a new stadium, wanted more fun. Like it's it's a pretty awful team. Um. So you have the the calm of a dirty player, and you have the calm of an awful, awful. Terrible owner. Piece of shit, dog shit owner. Um, so I'm not the how good I'm not sure how well those things will, will mesh together for them to finish what they started, but um beating the Lakers is a tough task. I know uh AD is a uh a front runner and um but I don't really see LeBron going out like that. You know, uh, when it comes down to it, it's all on LeBron, and uh, I don't, I don't really see LeBron going out like that. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, you know, the Nets are going to have a tough time with um, Philly or oh, the Bucks. It looks, well, I'm going to say it looks like, but the Bucs may, you know, get the heat out of there. So that eliminates a really tough team, a really tough matchup. I think if Brooklyn played Miami first. I don't think Miami would win, but I think it would be a very tough series. So, you know, the East is, I don't know what the East is, you know, because Giannis has Drew, Middleton has stepped up. But to think or say that you can beat James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie four times out of seven. God damn, that's tough, man. Like, like I said, if you just had KD and and Harden, that's really fucking tough as well. Uh, and Kyrie and just makes it, it, it makes it ridiculous because when when KD needs a rest, you got Kyrie and Harden. <laughs> when Kyrie needs a rest. You got Harden and KD, right? And, you know, I don't really put – you can put Kyrie and KD together, but Harden is the as the main distributor because he's just, he's just passed first. He just has the vision like that. But uh, Betting-wise, um, I have to see the odds. Actually, let me check the odds right now. The game is tonight, so check that out. And uh, then we'll discuss a little wine, too. Let's see. All right, so Boston beating the Nets is plus three fifty-five. That's pretty good. Lakers minus one twenty. They're actually favorites to win right now. Um, you know, plus one fifteen last game, and the Mavericks again, who won last game, they're you know, plus two thirty-five to win this one. Do I see? Do you see Boston getting swept? I don't see Boston getting swept. I see Boston stealing one. So Boston at three fifty five. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's see how Paulie look with that, right? So Boston at plus three fifty five, right? So plus three fifty five means if you bet twenty dollars, you can win seventy one dollars. That's what plus three fifty five means. So plus 355, Lakers at minus 20. Do you see the Clippers losing twice? Uh, not really. Uh, so, Clippers are a minus 280. You poly those together, right? And let's say you put 20 of them things on there. That. that is $206. So, for Boston to win plus 355. The Lakers doing it minus one twenty, and the Clippers doing it minus two eighty. You bet twenty dollars and you win two hundred. Now let's do something a little bit more realistic and put uh, the Nets there. So uh, Lakers minus one twenty, Clippers minus two eighty, Brooklyn minus four thirty five. You bet twenty, you win. $41. Forty one dollars. I think you just win twenty one dollars, but you know it's the same thing. It's a total of forty one. dollars uh, those sound like pretty good fucking parlays to me. I think Washington Washington has a potential of getting swept, but I think they may take one. Hawks is plus one thirteen. And Memphis again to Utah is plus three thirty. Memphis is up, but I guess they don't think that's gonna happen again. I don't blame them. I don't I don't well, I don't know. I don't think I you know, I, I thought the Mavericks were gonna win last game and um I didn't I didn't take the plus two thirty three or two thirty, I think it was two thirty five. It could have been the exact same thing. I didn't take it, um, because I was you know, a dumbass. But if you're a Phoenix fan, uh, man, you know. I think I would just do the Lakers thing, right? If you do the Lakers at minus one twenty by itself, right? So there's a reason I bet the Lakers. Man, I've kind of discussed out with this before, right? So the Lakers, you bet twenty five dollars, you, you win twenty. Basically, so that's what minus minus one twenty gets you. Actually, you bet hundred on, you put a bean on, you get eighty three dollars. Um, for betting $100, so the reason why I love betting the Lakers, because you bet on the Lakers, because they have LeBron James, so you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis, add on to that you probably should bet on them winning most of the games, right, so you know, this is like, something I should have thought of a long time ago right, it's something everybody should think of sometimes the odds are a little crazy so you can't do it, but you'll definitely come out with a profit throughout the end of the year. If you just bet every Lakers game or every Milwaukee game or a regular season game or every Nets regular season game, right? You make a profit. You know, this is like a common sense thing. You know, uh, betting is for a lot of people a real thrill-seeking thing. And as easy as it is to bet a hundred dollars to win 20 right most people just want don't want to do that most people want to bet a hundred to win a thousand they want to bet a hundred to win another hundred you want to bet a hundred to win 500 a lot of people are not in the betting a hundred to win 20 Um, but you know that's how you profit so if you bet the lakers and you bet the Nets, and you bet the Bucks, like this upcoming NFL season, you might as well bet on the Chiefs. Every like the the odds won't be, you know, saying? You might get some minus sixteen hundreds, and minus sixteen hundred mean like if you bet a hundred dollars, I think you win like sixteen uh, or a dollar, a dollar. It might be sixteen dollars for a hundred, but if you bet ten, you might get a dollar sixty or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But it's a profit. And it's a profit that is sure to win, right? Like if you bet a portion of, of your money, you know, if you, let's say if you bet, say if you got a thousand dollars to bet, but you bet five percent, right? You bet five percent every time. You stay consistent with that five percent, or that seven percent. However, you know, however people uh, want to uh, bet with their own bankroll. But I mean, you, you should have come out with a profit. It seems like seems pretty easy, but I'm not doing it because I'm a, a, a complete dumbass I'm going to parlay out three of those uh, to win, to bet 20 to win 200 uh, because $200, it sounds a lot fucking better than, than $3, so I'm going to trans- transition over to wine real quick, let me get my book let me get my notes real quick, let me get my book of notes, uh, as some may say so wine is something, and this is a hard transition. This is a tough transition. This is when you make a right and your back rim hit the curb. This is how much of a uh, just a rough transition. Uh, me going over uh, basketball to wine is right now. I want, I don't even want to. I, I didn't even want to think of something, you know, funny to transition. We're just gonna get right over. We're just gonna jump in the lane. This is like when you're exiting, but you exit where you know across them lines. When well, you know you ain't supposed to go over there, but you're like, ah, shit, I'm not gonna go all the way to the uh, next exit and loop all the way around. I don't want to do that. So whoever's exiting over you, you might want you to slow down or get the hell out the way because I gotta get over. What I want to discuss with wine today is I want to just give. Um, Kind of at the end of every pot, or you know, um, even I just may do a, a full pot at times. You know, I want to get tips, t- give tips on wine, right? But like sometimes this feels like I'm gonna call it useless knowledge, right? Because I, I make a living off this knowledge. But I also feel like people are people are are learning more on their own, um, which is fine. That's how I learn. Uh, Sometimes you just have to go in the store and you just got to make a decision, right? You got to make a decision. This is what I'm going to try. This is what I tried last time. I didn't like this, this, this. But this time I'm going to try. And I'm going to make sure. And You can't make sure of anything. But this time I'm going to try to match those flavor profiles that I like and get rid of those flavor profiles that I don't like. So. You know, the the first red I had was actually, you know, Pinot Noir, right? So, Pinot Noir is a very light, soft red. Most times when you start off, uh, they tell you to start off with sweet. And I did start off with sweet as well. But the first wine I had was Pinot Noir, and then I had a Chardonnay. And um, there's certain characteristics of those wines um, that I was able to relate. So, you know, you always hear the the thing when they tell you, you know, it's weird. You know, sniff every spice, Uh, you know, taste different fruit. Just taste, just tasting spices and taste a lot of different things. It helps because a lot of the terroir where a lot of these grapes are grown, it's, it's very complicated. You have eras like Ribeiro de Duero in Spain that is just considered a desert. There are vineyards where it looks like a fucking desert because it is a desert with vineyards in it. Like you see the ground, it is cracked. Hard ground, and these vines just go down. I don't know how many feet, whatever feet they can go to find water. Um, and then you have places in Italy and other areas that it's volcanic soil. Or we went to an area before in um, in Tuscany. Uh, oh my God! Why can't I? I uh, think it's start with an M. Uh, the name of the winery was Montemassi. I can't remember the name of the area when the Tuscany, Tuscany we were in, but the name of the area was Matamasi. Well, Matamasi grows. Now, it used to be a literal sea. It used to be like not a sea, nigga, like not A B C, a sea of water, a body of water. So it was a body of water that was stricken heavily with malaria so nobody would ever come close to it nobody would ever cross it malaria is just fucking dangerous to this day malaria is is, is, you know it's extremely dangerous don't know about malaria it's claimed more lives than anything else uh and it's really not even close it's it's terrorized um continents like africa um especially africa right so you it was an escape route it was going to be used an escape route For um, I believe he said Mussolini This what's the story. So Mussolini after World War II dies. Well, you know, he's dead. I know he's dead. I don't know how he died. I don't know if he got fucking blown up. Uh uh, they captured him, died in jail, stick a plunger. I don't know what they did with him. Um but this area was cleared because obviously it's written with malaria, you gotta get rid of this shit. It was cleared, and then that. Land that saw became saw for vineyards, right? So, this was in the 50s. Areas like Bordeaux, a hundred to hundreds years old, even California is older than this area, right? So, you think of Italy, you think of old world wine, you think amazing hundreds hundreds of years ago, and in most cases, that is correct. But this area was cultivated in the last 50, 60 years. In the wine world and in research in general, 50 years is jack shit, especially when you compare it to hundreds and hundreds of years if you smell what I'm cooking. So, um, and then you think about how rich the soil is from all these different types of plant life, from all these different just types of uh, fish or whatever the hell was living in it, uh, fertilizing it, dying in it, all this shit enriches the ground. So, you have a vineyard that is 50 years old, a brand new area that is 50 years old, and they're growing everything. Uh, we went there, they're growing crap, cab. Uh, I was growing crap. Uh, they're growing cab, Merlot, Petit Verdot, Viognier, Sangiovese, all these grapes most people never heard of. Uh, you should hear of them because uh, Viognier is amazing. Uh, amazing white wine, but. um. They're growing all of this stuff. And I remember talking to the winemaker, and all he said was his job was just to do enough research for the next generation. There's no way he's gonna master everything. He can make the best out of what he can, what he can, and they do make the Reds are ridiculous. The the Reds are petit Verdot and Syrah. Um, because you know, um Italy In in that area, mainly Tuscany, Sangiovese is the the main grape. Sangiovese is the main grape that goes into Chianti, Brunello's, and all these other things. Their best grapes is Syrah and Petit Verdot, two grapes that are just so, you know, far left when it comes to Italy in general. When it comes to most areas, I don't see, I don't know of any Syrah Petit Verdot blends um, besides from that. So, you know, for those two grapes to be doing extremely well there. Um, I think it, I think it counts for a lot. um. And it just goes to show, you know, how, how such a new area uh, can, can change a lot. So I sell that because, you know, the soul and the terroir, it, it, it makes a difference in the wine. You know, you can get a cab that's grown in 10 different places and they all can taste 10 different ways. And, be, and those 10 different ways can be split up in however many times because, everyone has their own style everyone has their own soul it can be a good year or a bad year you know like i said you got the soul you got a good year a bad year you got your own style some people like more fruit forward caps some people like drier bolder caps some people like more fruit forward or bolder bigger caps so there's just so many things you can throw at it that's why when i tell people when you try a certain wine when you try a certain grape that don't mean you don't like the grape that just means you didn't like this particular wine. Cab uh, Cabernet can taste a thousand different ways. To me. Because I've had a thousand different fucking cabs. But you need to go through and you need to search. And you need to find your varietals. And, and yeah, there are go-tos. My go-to is always going to be Pinot Noir as far as red. It's always going to be Pinot Noir and Grenache. Just a big Grenache fan. As far as white, it's probably going to be Moscato. I know more about wine than most people. I like a little bit of the bubbly. I like a little bit of that sweet. Oh, I'm going to get a Viognier, which is a big, bold, dry white um, in most cases. Not bold, but round. Fat is what they call it. It's very round. It's not a light. You know, Pinot Gris just can be light, refreshing. This is a real rich um uh style of wine so uh, we'll get into that but you know i kind of wanted to just throw you know some wine tips some wine pro tips to people it's not really that complicated um it's all about experimenting you have to you have to try different things even if it's the same varietal like i said cap shaw is in a chardonnay from uh california is going to taste totally different from a chardonnay from france um, and then you think about however many winers are on each place, and you, you you get too many variables. So try new wine, but try the same grapes as well. But but try different wines, same grapes. Try every goddamn thing. That's what I'm saying. Everything can taste different. You never know what you're going to like. Um, and I'll help y'all build your palate. If you want to build your palate, if you don't want to build your palate, I can just help you find good bottles. Um, if you already have a palate, you just know what you like, you know what you're dealing with, you are cooking something, you know what you, that's, that's fine too. Um, but I think people learning more about, uh, such a niche category, um, especially, you know, I know a lot of black people, uh, listen to my podcast. They be follow me on some social media sites. Let me tell you now, this is not really the category for us. It's not a lot of black people I see pretty much anywhere. <laughs> and I've been doing this for like 10 years. Right. So, you know, this this category is not a uh, it's not enriched uh in black people with, with black people from uh the learning levels to the teaching levels to the distributors to salespeople to uh just about anything It's pretty scarce, uh, to be to be quite honest with you. Um so, you know, getting more people into it, uh, getting away from that hard liquor. Because that hard liquor is that devil. And actually, you know, more people are drinking hard liquor than ever. But you, you get a lot of people that have been transitioning to moscato just because um they just want to drink something. They just want to get a little t- buzzed, a little tipsy. You know, moscato's a five percent five or six percent. So you're not getting a lot of a lot of out of. Excuse me, but the, the, I don't want you to even talk about health benefits. You don't want to feel like shit no morning. You know, having a glass of vodka versus a, va- a glass of wine, uh, even if you don't get drunk from it, next day is going to affect you. That same day is going to affect you. The vodka is going to dehydrate the shit out of you. Wine is too, just not at the same level. So um, I want to transition people more off that hard liquor. Um, that shit is really kicking your, your 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 liver's ass. Um drinking that stuff at the at the race that that most people drink it. And um I just want to get more people into wine. Uh, like I said, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, man. It's not a lot of people that look like me at all. Uh, any way I go uh whether it's in town, or out of town, or out of the country, uh it's kind of just been me for a while, so I want to get more people into it. Um uh, I want to get everybody into it, uh, but I want to show people that it's not a whole category to to master or to understand. And you don't need to master it, but it's not a whole category to navigate. It's, it can be some real common sense stuff uh, that goes into it. And it's common sense stuff that I've used uh, for 10 plus years. And uh, I know a whole lot. So uh, thank you all for listening to another Hot Fire episode. Uh, We'll be back this week. Uh, What I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start doing Tuesdays and Thursdays for the pod. We're going to have a consistent schedule. I like dropping in the morning. Um, You know, because that's when I listen to my pods in the morning. But even the the pod there in the morning, if you don't listen to it on your way to work, then you listen to it at work. If if you're sitting at home, you listen at home. You heard me so. Thank you all for listening. And I'll holler. Holler.